you ever wanted to know the secrets to successfully juggling the demands of building a business and marriage and raising a family? If so, then this podcast is for you. Hi, I'm Monica Tanner, a wife, mama to four kids, and a relationship and intimacy expert. My mission is to ensure that passionate entrepreneurs like you never have to choose between your dedication to your family and your passion for your message. Having it all is absolutely possible. Welcome to On the Brighter Side, Marriage for Entrepreneurs. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to On the Brighter Side, Marriage for Entrepreneurs. I am super duper duper excited for my guest today. If you're a longtime listener, you've heard these guys before. They are absolutely some of my favorite family leadership experts. Married over 20 years, seven children have traveled to, correct me if I'm wrong, 35 countries? 38. He's been to all 38 that I've been to. (laughs) Seriously, one of the funnest families I know, Greg and Rachel Denning of extraordinary family life. How are you guys doing? Oh, so So good. good. And so excited to be here. This is awesome. Well, this is super fun. I am excited, even though we are in January and it's kind of like the end of January where we're like, everybody kind of like got excited about all of their (laughs) goals for January 1st. And now we're like three weeks in and some of the excitement is wearing off and we're also staring down the barrel of Valentine's day coming up. I, so I love that. Excited. Staring down the barrel is the perfect way to describe that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just chat about expectations, shall we? I feel like what a perfect time to just talk about expectations, expectations for life, expectations for goals, expectations for love and marriage. What are your thoughts on where we're sitting right now in January, positioned perfectly between New Year's resolutions and Valentine's Day? This is, this started maybe like 15 years ago. I started a really deep diving into psychology and like work patterns and, and school patterns. And I came across the most random, interesting thing. It wasn't something I was looking for. And it said that February is like the most depressed month of the year across the board, like workers, students everywhere. It's like you you get Christmas and New Year's and like starting New Year, let's go. And then you get into February. And, and they said, what's interesting also is like, I, I'm thinking somewhere around 80 to 90% of people have already dropped their new year's resolutions by February 1st. Totally. And in February, you know, if you're up in this hemisphere, it's dark and cold and you're just like, okay, are we still in winter? And you're like, yeah, we got a long haul. And so it's really interesting. You come through all of the holidays, all the hype and stuff, and then back into it. And then February. And well, so- then you have Valentine's, which if your relationship, if you have a relationship or you don't have, if a you don't, it's even more disappointing. And it's not going perfectly. It can be depressing. Or so- Valentine's doesn't turn out perfectly. Exactly. And so you can stack a lot against your relationship. Well, and I wanted to share this story that I find so fascinating that goes along with illustrating expectations. And it was when we started traveling, it was our very first international travel experience as a family. We had four children under the age of four oh my God. and we were driving from Utah to Costa Rica. And our very first stop was in Mexico and we'd crossed the border and it was a terrifying experience because we'd never crossed an international border before and frightening, but we got into Mexico and we we're like, oh my gosh, it's not so bad. And we wanted to go stay at a beach town and we drove actually the second night, the first night we we drove towards the beach. This was before 
Google Maps. This was before blogs. This was before Instagram. Like we didn't know. You're we didn't know yourself about- here, Rachel. <laughs> I know it's so crazy, but this is how long we've been traveling. And we drive to this coastal town to look for a beach and it was a fishing village. And so it was like all these old boats and all these old just run down, you know, houses. Not and I the was sandy so white, white beaches that you think yes. of. Okay. Exactly. Right. So then actually the next day we finally got to a beach town and I had envisioned in my mind these white sandy beaches. Oh, right. I had pictured white sandy beaches. We get there late. We stay at this nice hotel. In the morning, I get out and I go running by myself and I go out to the beach and it's a black, rocky beach. And I was so disappointed. And I've remembered that ever since because really it was a great place. It was a great town. It had this nice yacht community. It was like a really nice place. But the biggest reason I was disappointed is because in my mind, I'd expected white sandy beaches. I was expecting it for you from your story. Exactly. (laughs) Right. And so for the, you know, since that time, I've constantly used that as a reminder to myself that sometimes when I'm disappointed by about something, it's just because I had different expectations. Mm -hmm. If I'd gone to that beach town, knowing what it would be like, or if I'd gone not expecting anything, I would have been fine with that beach town. There was water, there was seashells, there was, you know, boats. It was cool, but it was my misaligned expectations that caused my disappointment. And so I think, especially in relationships, especially with things like all kinds of holidays, it could be mother's day. It could be our anniversary. It could be Valentine's day. When we have these certain expectations about how we want it to be, we just end up being disappointed. Now, one thing you can learn to communicate what you want and what you expect and what you would like, but then the other side is letting go of those expectations and just accepting what is. And if you want something different, like maybe that's your job to make it the way you would like it to be. It's okay to want white sandy beaches. You just better find out where those beaches are and actually go there, (laughs) right? And not expect them to be wherever you are. You have to take that initiative to create what it is you actually want. I love that. What do you have to add, Greg? Because I think you probably have a lot to add to the part of making it happen, right? Yeah. Well, and I just had this thought, like we've heard, we, we, you guys, we get the chance to work with lots of awesome couples and just great people. And we've heard, and Rachel and I went through the same thing, and we've heard from a lot of couples of women, wives who are hinting. And they're like, well, I hinted that. I hinted what I want. And husbands were like, I didn't catch anything. Like, I, she's husbands like, well, I did hints. this. And I was like, I, that was a hint? We like, need to that have was that so as subtle. a tagline for something. Husbands don't get hints. Yes, <laughs> it's, it, it's true. And I've talked to other guys and they're like, yeah, I didn't know. And wives are like, are you kidding me? I was like hinting the whole time. You're like, that's not a hint. <laughs> it was just, it's this difference between men and women. And so I know some, some wives were like, well, I, I gave him the hints. I gave him the expectations. He's like, like, left it open on the browser. Like how much? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't catch anything. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's our fault with the guys here. We're rolling along like, do, 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 like didn't see any of that stuff. And so it's almost, it almost feels like weird or, or awkward to communicate expectations. Mm-hmm. But once we learn how to gain that dynamic of, Hey, babe and it's not like i'm over here doing something she's like hey babe wouldn't it be great to take a trip yeah sure you know none of that stuff it's like sweetheart it would be for for valentine's day i would like to go out to a very nice restaurant just you and me and then have 
um, some chocolate and some roses. Nice. Now you're like, that brings up a really good point. Like what you guys just illustrated right there, because there's a difference between hinting at what you would like and asking for what you like. And I think what happens there is people think, oh, it doesn't, it won't count as Mm -hmm. much. Yeah. If I have to tell it. Yes. Yeah. I think especially very often women feel that if I have to tell him what I want, then it doesn't count. Yes. And the reality is, yes, it counts because (laughs) guess what? He will actually do it and he'll do it because he loves you. And not- you've made it less difficult for him. Yeah. So for me to guess. <laughs> yes. And the beautiful thing is that I was going to say, it's not that men don't get hints. It's just that you have to train them how to get those hints. And so you start out, you especially, you have to start out being very clear. This is what I would like. These are the things I like. These are the things I don't like. Like if you hate flowers, tell him that you hate getting flowers, you know? Because a man's first thought usually is, I should stop and get flowers. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, I'm done with your flowers already. (laughs) So you have to be very clear and say, oh, that's very sweet. I appreciate that. But actually, I really don't like flowers. I prefer chocolate or I prefer jewelry. I prefer a movie. I prefer whatever is like let them know and then it's easier for them to pick up on the hints when they know some of what those things are right I think that we just kind of have to get over that idea of that it doesn't count if we tell them because part of being in a long-term relationship with someone is learning how to tell them what you like and what you don't like and if you can't do that back to this idea of expectations and this foundation that you're building on the foundation is off if you can't start with the basics of saying I like these things. I don't like these things. Yeah. I got to chime in another one here that I think is totally related on the men's side. So I can totally see how a woman might think, look, if I have to tell him exactly what I want, it doesn't count. But you know, I'm I'm not a mind reader. I'm not good at guessing. The same thing kind of happened when when we were so busy and I was getting frustrated because I wanted to have sex more. And I'm so swamped. And she's like, let's schedule it. And my (laughs) first thought was, it doesn't count when it's scheduled. (laughs) Right. Right? And I remember thinking, and I've talked to other couples about this. They're like, busy, like schedule it in. Scheduled sex? That sounds so lame. You're like, no, man, it still counts. And you can still make it, you can still make it great. But what you're doing is you're communicating. And you're, you're making, making space. You're making space for a priority. If something is a priority to you, sex or Valentine's Day or your anniversary, you have to communicate that to each other and you have to schedule it. You have to make time for it to let each other know what it is you want. I love that so much. And you know what else? Because I think a lot in terms of energy, right? Because like, I think as a busy, like you're a busy mom, you have seven kids. I have four, right? And three of them are teenagers. So I feel really busy all the time. Right. And I feel like more than physically what I'm doing, it's the mental load of like all of those things. Right. And women have a difficult time compartmentalizing things, right? Like I'm like thinking about all of the things that have to be done with the children and the household and my business and all of the things, right? And so if I can take the energy out of thinking like something about being intimate or whatever, then it's like 
so much easier to just be there and enjoy it. Like, oh, this is the time set aside for this. And I can just, I can prepare myself if I need to. I can just be in the moment. I know that that's what this is for. And I think that goes the other way for like setting expectations for holidays and things like that. If you've expended so much energy trying to guess what your partner wants, you all of that energy is now gone. When if you can just communicate your expectations in a way that now you can spend your energy on fulfilling those expectations. Oh, yes. Exactly. Yes. Fulfilling it and then just looking forward to it and being and enjoying it. it, Knowing he's going to get it right. Yeah. (laughs) So you don't have to spend all the energy hoping I do it. I don't spend all the energy trying to guess. We communicate and then lean in to make it really special. Yes. That I think is the ding, 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 right? It's like, you're taking all the guesswork out of it. You're taking all the opportunities for massive failure out of it. And then you can just focus your energy on just being there and enjoying it. Absolutely. And, and looking forward to it, Rachel and I, you know, we celebrated, we're coming up on 21 years Yes. and we keep celebrating bigger and bigger ways. It was what a cup. It was two years ago. We went to Thailand for Valentine's and on Valentine's, we had our Valentine's dinner at the Ritz Carlton there in Krabi. And we all, we knew that's what was going to happen. Right. But that doesn't take away from the awesomeness of looking forward to that. And then being Mm -hmm. there on the beach in Krabi, Thailand at the Ritz Carlton going, this is a sweet Valentine's. (laughs) Now, and, (gasps) and to tie into this theme, I guess that was a trip I planned. Mm-hmm. We, we lead couples trips. We invited couples to go with us on that trip. It was a couples workshop experience. I planned the whole thing. I planned going to the Ritz Carlton. It was amazing. And I didn't feel like, oh, Greg's a bad husband because he didn't plan that. Right. right. I planned it and I enjoyed it and he enjoyed it. And he does nice, this, you know, same nice things for me too. He plans these experiences, these opportunities, and it doesn't take away from it because one or the other plans it or doesn't plan it. It's something that we get to enjoy together because one of us has the idea of, I'd like to do this. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Yes. So I it's just love it. getting clear on what, what would excite you? What would bring fulfillment? What would be meaningful? What would be fun? And then working to make that happen and sharing that with your spouse because it doesn't have to I think when we look to our spouses to make us happy yes instead of us looking for things that excite us and make us happy and then creating that together that's when we fall into these negative patterns and these depressing holidays when because we're looking to our spouse to be the source of our happiness so to develop this theme a little more of because we want to talk about these expectations these misaligned expectations because that's i think where many couples have issues they have issues and it's not just in the holidays it's in the day-to-day interactions it's in the with the kids it's in the bills it's with date nights it's with sex it's with all of that all, everything that's involved in marriage we have these misaligned expectations and it comes from not being open about communicating and i loved what you were talking about before with this idea of if you have something planned on the calendar scheduled routine systemized it takes away some of that stress and worry and energy of trying to decide all the time what you're going to do and when you're going to do it and all these different things you know you're looking forward to it now and that energy goes into creating it 
and enjoying it. And that just comes from having understanding about each other and what it is that we need as men, as women, as a couple, and then how to best work together to fulfill that. Yeah. Right. And so this is where I was going to jump yeah. in. Cause there's this, you can pull off the holiday, right? Say whatever mm-hmm. holiday or birthday anniversary or Valentine's, you can pull that off and it can be fantastic. We've experienced, and I'm sure other couples have experienced, even if the holiday get, you pull it off, it's done masterfully. If there's a, a deficit in what we could, maybe we could call the relationship bank account. Mm-hmm. If there's been too many withdrawals or as deficits overdrawn, that seems to be like the big gorilla in, in the room that nobody's talking about. Like, okay, this event is really great. Valentine's is really special, but you still have been XYZ all year, or you haven't been doing ABC and it's still, it, it, or it's a void. And it might be, it might be individual, it might be me filling the void or Rachel filling the void or towards each other, right? Feeling, not filling. Yeah. Feeling <laughs> the void. And so we need to fill the void and yeah. get, get to the spot of wholeness, mm-hmm. right? And, th- and this is why, this is why I did the whole worship after working with the thousands of men across five continents is piecing together these things that every man needs so that he can show up in the marriage, not just on Valentine's, not just the anniversary, not just birthday. Right? I got, I can't check those three days and be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this, this year's going great. It's like, I have to, I have to be whole enough to really be there. And I think everyone can, this will click for us all is like when she shows up as her whole self, I show up as whole self. And then we plan it together. It's off the charts. I want to talk about this idea for a little bit because I love this. And both of you alluded to it. I just want to dig in deep real quick for a second here, because I think this is the source of greatest pain in relationships, period. From what I've seen and in the couples that I've worked with is this idea that when we get married, we are somehow part of a whole. We're just part of the whole. And so what happens is spouses spend so much energy. We're going to go with that energy, hoping and wishing and expecting this other person to fulfill whatever is missing from the part of me that I have now given to the marriage. Right. And that does not work out very well. When you have a marriage that's created on the basis of I have holes and you have holes. And like, now let's see if I can get my spouse to fill my holes. When in reality, we can create the most extraordinary, to use your word, right? Extraordinary family life. If my focus is how do I fill my holes? What do I want? What do I need? And then we can come to the marriage and communicate that. And then instead of expecting our spouse to fill those holes, instead our spouse can show up and support us as we fill our own holes, right? I show up whole, you show up whole, and now we can create this extraordinary life together. And instead of you filling my holes and me filling your holes, it's my responsibility to fill my holes. And I can talk to you about it and I can get support from you with it. And we can create together an atmosphere, an environment, a home life where both of us are getting our holes filled but by ourselves, 
not yes. by each other. Yes, oh you articulated that so beautifully. And that is exactly how it works. Because I feel that when we come, because we all come with holes. We, we all come with holes. Like, let's yeah. just like blanket statement. Exactly. We all come with holes. Yes. And so when we come to this relationship, looking for our spouse to fill those holes, that's when we end up having less than desirable relationships. Right. We spend most of our time actually poking at each other's holes is what ends up happening because we're trying to fill it, but we miss. And so we hit something and we make another hole or, you know, (laughs) it hurts. And so we spend a lot of our time doing that, where if we look to ourselves and we look to making ourselves whole, then we come as whole people as we can. Yes. And we're prepared. Yeah. As whole as we can be. And we're prepared and we're ready to work together to focus on creating our extraordinary family. Like we have more power to face forward together. And instead of looking at each other and like, how can we be happy? How can I make you happy? How can you make me happy? We're like, okay, we're working on making ourselves happy. What can we create in this world together? What legacy can we leave? What difference can we make? There's way more power there when you take that approach. I love how you articulated that. And how beautifully you said that. Like that is what I tell people is the greatest gift you can give your children is to create an extraordinary, the way you put it intimate, the way I put it marriage. It's absolutely the greatest gift you can give your children who are going to have holes, no matter Mm -hmm. how perfect (laughs) you are, no matter how great you show up as a parent, your kids are going to have holes. That's part of the human existence, right? Mm -hmm. But if you can model for them a healthy, thriving relationship where you have two people working to fill their holes and creating this beautiful life together, then you've given your children the ability to now grow up and find that same it's going to look different, but it's that same opportunity to now in a marriage, fill their holes mm-hmm. and become whole and become whole, which is what we all want, right? Is to exactly finish out life whole and together. Love that. <laughs> the, the challenge here which again is a major opportunity is that few people regularly practice enough awareness mm-hmm to really look at themselves individually. And so from, if I were to take me for an example, and, and let's say, let's say my mom did something and, and that was, she was, did this thing for me. So now I come to the marriage expecting Rachel to do that thing right? or opposite. My mom did not do something. And so I now unconsciously I come into marriage expecting Rachel to do it right. Or, or whatever. So I come in with a hole or a void there. I have to have enough awareness to say, wait a minute, this is different. This is attached. That's done. I need to settle that. Like you were talking about on my own, I got to settle these things and figure this out and come into the marriage without conscious or unconscious expectation. Again, misaligned expectations, right? Mm-hmm. Expecting her to do something that I really need to do for me. And I've got to got to heal these things and be aware of them and, and fill some of the voids. And here's the interesting, Rachel and I love to talk about this because it's so hard. A lot of us come into marriage expecting the marriage to be this safe place uh-huh. where no one's going to you know make me feel insecure, uncomfortable. And like, mm. I can just be, be validated. Yeah, I'll be validated. But marriage is actually the perfect place for your spouse to say, love you so much. You got to fix that. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Here's the holes that you can't see your own holes all the time. Yes. Yes. Well, because in reality, marriage is a laboratory for personal growth and development. You are hitched to someone for life that is going to look at 
all of your flaws and point them out. And it's meant to be that way. That's on purpose. Like again, misaligned expectations. Exactly. What? Nobody this isn't supposed to hurt. <laughs> and so you have this relationship that is designed to help you become more aware of all of your imperfections and all of your holes. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that is challenging. It is one of those misaligned expectations that you think it's going to be safe and fun and loving and you love me the way I am forever. And it ends up not being that. And so you're miserable. But when you learn that that's what it's like, it actually and becomes fun. And it's honestly it's enjoyable. your very best chance to become your very best self. I say that all the time. I love that. It is your best chance at becoming like living into your purpose and your potential, like becoming the best you could possibly be. That is the design, like the divine design of marriage, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean just kissy selfies. It means like (laughs) opportunities for healing and growth and development and the hard things, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So the starting point, then when I, I went through this, we, we went through this together, we went through it individually and then together and we help couples or individuals go through it. The starting point then is to get back to like, what, what are the, what's the common base? What's the foundation? Like, what are the, the basic desires and needs, right? And there, there's going to be some uniqueness and it's going to be different for each couple and each individual. I think there's some real common denominators. If you can identify those pieces and say, these are, the, these are the elements that will make you feel calm and confident, respected, and some, some competence. So you actually can wake up and feel really good about yourself and then show up for your spouse and for your kids and be fully present. Because I can't be in my marriage or in my family fully present if I'm constantly in the background of my mind or my spirit, just worrying about something or hurting, or I've got this open wound metaphor, right? That's still bleeding from my past. I can't be here wholly because I'm, I'm still struggling with this. I'm still hurting. So I've, I've got to like spend enough time with myself and say, okay, what, what needs to be healed or adjusted or addressed or made whole? What voids need to be filled so that then I can show up. And not just for Valentine's day, but every day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the everyday behavior in between the special days that really makes the marriage. I love it. It's the small things done often, right? Yeah. If you identify the small things, you do them well. Isn't that the sum total of the quality of the relationship? Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like that's a tweetable. I don't have Twitter, but <laughs> <laughs> neither do we. <laughs> I love it so much. So let's kind of, I love this discussion we've been having. I think it's so important, these misaligned expectations and just being able, if nothing else, just to recognize when we're having these misaligned expectations and the havoc that it's wreaking in our relationship. Let's like close this out with what is your final word on you realize you're miserable in your marriage, not miserable, but you realize you're, you're having, you realize you're struggling because maybe you're not voicing your expectations. Maybe you're expecting your spouse to do something that maybe you're expecting your spouse to fill those holes and you're not taking responsibility. What is your advice? Like where should somebody start with assessing these misaligned expectations? Beautiful question. I'm go first. Yeah, I think we use this word awareness and maybe we use it too often, but 
I just feel that it's so powerful because it is really the starting point for any change, whether that's change in yourself or that's change in your marriage or with your parenting, it has to start with awareness. And that's simply paying attention to what is. So when you start noticing what is and how you feel about it, that's the beginning place. Because until you know that, it's like, you know, nowadays it's the Google Maps metaphor. If you want to map something on Google Maps, you have to know where you are and then you have to know where you want to go. Mm -hmm. So awareness helps you to identify where you are on the map. And then once you start doing that, and that's an ongoing process. I mean, really, that's a process that never ends. I'm because every day on the map, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You're all over the place. Yeah. (laughs) But every day of your life, you're practicing awareness to notice where you are and what you're doing and what you would change and what you're grateful for. And, you know, awareness is a key part of life. But once you have some awareness of where you are and you're saying, well, I'm not happy because of this and I feel neglected because of this, you know, and you can identify those things. Now you have some idea of where you are. And then the next step is to say, well, where do I want to go? What's my aim? What's my goal? What do I envision as an ideal me? Start with yourself and an ideal relationship. And that becomes the destination. And then by having where you are and where you want to go, you can start to map that route to get there. Yes. So beautifully said. And if I could just kind of chime in a little bit from, from my perspective in the coaching. So I get a, I get a, have the amazing privilege of coaching almost every day. Plus I have my Be The Man Masterclass and Tribe where I get to work with just great guys committed to being awesome husbands and fathers and businessmen and leaders. And this comes up a lot, obviously, right? Because marriage is, is tricky and complicated and it's tough. And one thing that part of the identifying where you are, one thing we, we love, I love to teach and we love to talk about is like how, even when it seems so blatantly obvious, it's the other person, right? <laughs> if she would just, right? Right. It, right. So much. I'm like, okay, cool. I get that. Yeah. Well, we, we can work on like this. That's thing. the beginning of the end. Those words. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so we take a step back and say, is there any possible way you're contributing to this or it's collusion, right? Is there any way you're actually participating in creating the very thing you don't want? And it, it takes, it takes some humility and some self-reflection and examination to step back and say, well, look, I thought I was communicating. This happened this morning, actually. Perfect example. I mean, he was convinced that he had been communicating effectively. And I said, yeah, it sounds good, but I wonder if you're using the same word and it might mean different things. Mm-hmm. Like, why, don't, why don't you ask? And he texted me later. He's like, yeah, it was. It was like, I said this, she thought I meant this. And it was off, right? It just totally off. And so I'm like, examine how you might be contributing or not contributing enough, how whatever the circumstance may be. It's like, what's your part in it? And if if I'll stop enough and just be humble and aware enough to say, what could I do differently? What could I do better? What could I stop doing? What could I start doing to be really present instead of really unpleasant as we might <laughs> often be, right? I come home kind of grumpy or forever or whatever. And then I wonder why my kids or my wife feels distance, right? So I'm, I'm going to examine me. And then if we dress those little things right there, it's like, you can't draw from an empty well. So I fill my own well first, and then I can come and I have something to give and watch how that changes in as short as days or weeks. They create this transformation. And like you said earlier, when you're, you're miserable, the marriage is struggling, I call it flatlining. Mm-hmm. Kind of, if the marriage feels like it's flat and it's lost the spark, watch how quickly the spark can come back. 
even after a long time flat, a spark can come back when we start addressing those things and then really showing up more whole. I've seen that happen so many times when you say that, Greg, like the spark comes back, like people start to just live on this flat line, right? And they that becomes their new normal, but they know they don't like it. And then you just address a few little things and the spark can come back like this. So true. Which honestly, that's what I love about what you do. Like you are a spark maker. (laughs) You really are. Honestly, you're just like, we'll do this and this and this. And you're like, spark, spark, spark. That's that's the work you're doing is bringing back sparks that they're right there. But in the day-to-day stuff in between the holidays, that can bring back spark that then, wow, takes the holidays off the charts. Right. Yes, you nailed it. You guys are amazing. Thank you guys so much for your time today. This has really been such an enlightening conversation about the expectations that really trip us up in our otherwise really happy marriage. You know, like it's it, it's crazy to me because it is such a small shift that can take the flat line to the absolute raging fire of a healthy, thriving marriage. So tell the listeners where they can find you and this special offer that we've created just for them, just for February. Let's hear it, Greg. You guys, we're so excited. Well, you can, we have a podcast, Extraordinary Family Life Podcast yes. and extraordinaryfamilylife.com. You guys can jump over and connect with us there, but we're crazy excited to make this offer for this month. So I created a workshop for men around- And their wives. And their wives. Well, then were, that's the exciting part of it is the wives can watch and really get it. So it's, it, both of you can take it, but it's designed for men. It's after literally working with thousands of men across five continents. It was identifying seven things that every man needs. And, and if he's missing even one of them, it becomes like the holes we were talking about or the voids. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you happen to be missing two or three, and it may not even be your fault, maybe you didn't even know, maybe nobody ever taught you. Maybe you hadn't been articulated like, oh man, like, no wonder I feel so flat myself. I need this. So this workshop, it's seven days and it's those seven A's about what every man needs to to help you feel calm and confident and respected and to be present, to really show up and be whole so you can be fully there for your wife and for Valentine's. And so it's perfect to lead in right now, starting at the beginning, end of January, beginning of February, to get into this workshop of how you can live as your best self, being the best husband and father and leader and businessman you can be. And I love that you are including that with your playbook. I am throwing in the offensive playbook challenge, which is basically from the perspective of the wife, like literally it gives you the opportunity each day to get a little insight into the expectations of your wife. It's going to help you know exactly what to do so that your wife can clearly define those expectations so it doesn't have to be guesswork anymore. So we've combined these together in the perfect Valentine's bundle. It's going to start the beginning of February. By the time you get through Greg's seven A's and my 14 days of plays, you are going to be (laughs) rip roaring and ready to go. Yes. So good. All right. If you're super excited about this Valentine's bundle of the Be the Family Man workshop and 
and the offensive playbook challenge. It's super simple to register. You're just going to go to www.offensiveplaybookchallenge.com and get yourself registered. Ah, yeah. And definitely don't forget to go check out the Extraordinary Family Life podcast with Greg and Rachel, where they chronicle their amazing life with seven kids, cross countries, all the things. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you same time, same place next week. If you had as much fun as we did just now, please be sure to go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review, which helps others to find the show. You can also share your favorite episodes on social media. And if you want more, head over to onthebrightersideofmarriage.com and download a copy of my five things I do every day to keep my marriage sizzling hot. And until next time, have courage, be kind, and stay on the brighter side.